Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. I'm so glad you're with us. I know that this is uh, a weekend where a lot of people are camping, but as you drove in and had to have your windshield wipers on, you were thinking to yourself, man, I'm glad I'm going to church tonight. <laughs> Amen? Yes. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here as well, and we're so excited about what God is doing. That recap video is great. It's amazing to see what, what God's uh, had his hand on this week. BBS was incredible. Um, if you see one of our kids' workers, you just need to thank them Thank them, thank them. Because can I tell you, for the very first time, I challenged them this year. I said, hey, I want full day VBS. And so they did. They did three full days of VBS. And by the end of that, I'm pretty sure all of them crashed. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't blame them because there was a lot going on around here. Um, but they did a phenomenal job, and we so appreciate what they're doing. And it was really neat to just see some of the kids that were coming um, that even as I was talking to Nikki yesterday, she was saying that, there was a couple of kids, and one in particular that, that she got to talk to that had never been to, ch- never been to anything like this, didn't know much about church, but she already signed up to go to Glacier Bible Camp, and, uh, and so, amen, like, that's what it's all about, is, is reaching in and, and having the opportunity to share Jesus with those who maybe would never get the opportunity to, amen? Amen. amen. Well, we're in a series that we've called No Lies, and if you were with us last weekend, we spent some time looking at God's Word. A key verse that we are looking at is from John chapter 8, verse 44, and it says this, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things, the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, was always, he always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, uh, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we spend time looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. And God, on on this weekend where there's people that are spread far and wide that are camping and vacationing, and Lord, those who would tune in and watch while they're gone, and those who are watching in Star Valley and eventually in Malawi and and throughout the prison system, God, I just pray that, that wherever we find ourselves today, that God, we will hear your word and that we'll understand the truth of your word. And that we'll understand that when we apply your word, it changes things. So God, we praise you for that. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we look at this verse, Jesus is talking to some Jewish leaders and Pharisees here. And so he is is basically saying, listen, you guys are, you've bought into lies and you need to knock it off. And, And even as he's talking about this, he's a murderer. He's probably referring to the fact that right from the very beginning with Cain and Abel, Uh, He was the voice that was speaking dissent and making things happen to where where we see that murder takes place, the very first murder. But as we look at this series, what I wanted us to do is just spend a few weeks looking at the fact that lies have infiltrated our lives in ways that we don't even recognize anymore. Um, I told you last week that this is kind of a tough series because um, we are going to talk about culture a little bit as well. And I had some people last weekend go, hey, why, you know, why do we need to do that? And I just really feel like the enemy is so good at lying and deceiving. And we have gotten to the point where the church just is kind of stepping back and stepping back. 
and stepping back out of fear. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. We need to stand and be bold. And we need to understand what truth is and that we are, to, we are called to not only hear the truth, not only to believe the truth, but we're to walk in the truth. And so I, that's part of the reason that I really feel like this is such a timely uh, series for us as a church and in the culture that we find ourselves in. And so last week, we talked about the diminishing of the word. We talked about how even churches have begun to write off scripture. And I love that we just sang that same God song. I think that's a great song. But in that, it's talking about some Old Testament stories that, that we serve the same God that did all of those things. And so when we look at God's word, we need to understand the truth of this. It's not fables. It's not fairy tales. It's not, it's not made up so that we'll feel good about ourselves. It is the truth. And even when it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around, we need to understand and we need to, that's when we walk in faith. So today I want to spend a little bit of time. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. And it says this, verse 4, For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Skipping to verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up with this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But you are always biting and devouring one another. Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I want us to look at this for just a moment because as we look at this particular passage of scripture, what we see is that the church has been confused because they have come from a place where law reigns supreme. And so they're trying their very best to live under the law. And then out of that, they're, not, they're missing out on the fact that, that Jesus came. And because of Jesus coming, we can receive grace. And then inside of that, so he's saying, listen, you guys, you need to be mindful of that because what's happening is it's breeding confusion inside of you. So I, as I was thinking about this scripture, I think in the church today, the, especially the Western church, we've gotten to a place where you've got some churches that lean really hard on law and rules and regulation, and you've got some churches that lean super hard on grace. And as we look at this scripture, it's saying, listen, Christ came to bring you freedom, but he didn't bring you freedom so you can just do whatever you want. He brought you freedom so that you can go and serve others, so that you can, you can use your freedom well. And I think that a lot of times what we see is we see that people in the church now, and even more so now than probably any time that I've, that I've been in ministry, is churches are really leaning so hard on the grace thing that they're basically saying, hey, live however you want. It's fine. Jesus loves you. And Jesus didn't come to save you so that you can just keep hanging out in the mud. He came to save you so that he, you can be clean. 
so that you can walk in freedom, but freedom, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is the freedom lie. As we, as we set foot into this, into the, the next few days where we will celebrate the freedom of this great country, I, I felt like this was such an important message for us to hear. To truly center our lives around God is to free ourselves of the constraints of this world. So God forgives you and frees you. God's forgiveness takes care of your past guilt, and his freedom gives you the power to change the future. Now, we got to land there for a moment because... He gives you freedom from all your past stuff. So if you're in the room and you say, man, I got some past stuff, say that with me. I got some past stuff. I got some junk in my life, right? And so, so, so with that, you, you go, man, I love, my, I love Christianity now. I love my faith. I love the fact that Jesus loves me. I love that he sees me. I love that he set me free from all of that stuff, which is absolutely all 100% true. But inside of that, he also sets you free from the constraints of this world. That's where we need, to, we need to not stop with just saying, hey, forgive me of my sin, and I'll just keep doing what I was doing. But it's, it's God, thank you so much that you see me and you love me and you forgive me, even though I don't deserve your forgiveness. To truly center our lives around God is to free ourselves from the constraints of this world. And so as we look at this, we need to realize it's his freedom that gives us the power to change our future. John chapter 12, verse 47 says this, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And in James chapter 2, verse 13, it says, mercy triumphs over judgment. So this week, as we celebrate the land of the free and the home of the brave, we need to understand that, that inside of that, we need to realize what freedom actually is. Even when we talk about it as a country, freedom is, is the ability to say what we want to say, to make decisions for our own lives. But freedom doesn't mean we get to just go do whatever we want. It doesn't mean that, that we can, I mean, unless you live in certain states, then apparently you can. But I mean, like, like in Montana, you can't just go into a store and just start taking stuff, right? You can in California, but you can't do that in Montana, right? So, so because that's, even though we have freedom, there still is boundaries, Right? And we need, as we look at that as a country, we go, those boundaries are actually there to protect us and to make our lives better so that we can thrive inside of our freedom. If freedom meant just do whatever you want, then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a place where it's anarchy and it's chaos, and it's actually a scary place to be. So as we, as we understand what we're, what we're looking at this evening, what we need to understand is that there's this lie that is out there, the freedom lie. The freedom lie tells us that now that we are saved, now we can go and live however we want. And many people struggle with this because um, they have a hard time understanding that if, if, they, if Jesus' grace is there, why not use it? Why not take advantage of it? But the reality is, is if we're talking about this thing and we understand that it's an actual relationship with Jesus then why would you ever want to do something that would hurt him? Yeah. If, we, if we understand that, that our sin and our, and our past and our stuff cost him greatly, he died on a cross so that you and I can have that grace and we can have that forgiveness and we can experience that mercy, then for us, we need to come to a place where we realize that, that out of gratefulness to him, we should do our very best to live as much like him as we possibly can. 
Many people struggle because they can't let go of the past. But Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Lord has sent me to announce freedom for the prisoners, to give sight to the blind, and to free everyone who suffers. So maybe you sit in the room today or you're watching online and you're a prisoner to envy or resentment, or maybe you've been held captive by worry or addiction. And I want you to know that I have good news for you tonight. And that is that Jesus didn't come to judge you, but he came to show you mercy. There will be a judgment day, but Jesus came to offer you mercy before that day comes. That's such an important thing that we need to realize because there will be a judgment day. But Jesus came so that you can have mercy. Jesus came and said, listen, the penalty for your sin is death. But if you believe in me, if you put your faith in me, if you put your trust in me, if you follow me, then I've paid the price for that sin. This is an important thing. And for some of you, you're like, yeah, I get that. I I know that. I understand that. But I think for many of us, we don't like the idea of having to, like even last week, we talked about the book. We said foundation. We said important. We said truth. But for many of us, what we need to realize is that it's one thing to believe that the book is true. It's one thing to read the book, but it's another thing to actually follow the book. And he calls us to not only own one, not only to read it, not only to believe it, but he calls us to live it. And so as we look at this, we need to realize there, there was a time back that I was mentoring a young man and, and he came to me after, after some time. I had kind of called him out on some stuff. I said, hey, listen, this isn't going to be good and you need to do this differently and whatever. And he came to me and he said, he said hey, you know what? I, I don't need anybody telling me what to do. He said, I don't need anybody. I, I'm, I'm old enough. I'm smart. I don't need to follow anybody. I don't need anyone to, to give me guidance. And so he walked out, and, and that was kind of the end of that, that part of our relationship. And I remember at the time thinking to myself, uh, first of all, something had happened to, in this young man's life where he had a hard time with trust, but he felt like boundaries were actually like hurtful. But how many of you know when you love somebody, you set boundaries to protect them, to keep them safe, to, to hopefully bring success into their life. As parents, we do it all the time. We set boundaries for our children. Why? Because we want them to succeed. We don't just let them make up their own rules and do whatever they want because it would be chaos and it would be horrible for them. And, and so we know that because we love them, we set those boundaries. When we put our trust in someone and, place a, and they place a boundary for us, we must trust that it is, in, it is in our best interest. And God places his boundaries in your life not to rob you of freedom, but to bring you into true freedom. Yeah. See, the enemy loves to lie about this one, and he convinces more and more Christians that it is okay to do whatever you want, to live however you want, and that there is no consequences because we've accepted Jesus into our lives. And it's a false compassion. Yeah. It's this place where people will say, Hey, you know what? I, you know, I, I saw, I, I follow quite a few pastors on, on social media and stuff, and I saw this almost like war on social media this, this last week where there were pastors who were calling out other pastors saying, hey, with, with all that's going on in the world, are you going to say something or are we going to just go on pretending and try and build our audience or are you going to stand up and speak truth? 
And as I was thinking about that this week, I, I thought, man, the enemy has been so good at telling the church, just, just be nice to everybody, just love, and we are to love everyone. So please hear that. But we also need to speak truth because actually truth is love. Yeah. Boundaries are love. Speaking like this is, this is a line that you shouldn't cross. These are the things that you shouldn't do. Not because we're telling you to, but because God sees you and he created you and he loves you and he has better plans for you than that. And so as the church, we need to stand up and we need to speak up. And we need to, again, like I said to you last weekend, we need to do it with love, but we still need to do it. Because as the church has pulled back and, and gotten a little, a little uh, wussy, to be honest with you, society just keeps going further and further and further. I'm watching, I, 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 this video came up, somebody shared it with me, and it was, this, it was this person, and they were talking about how they identify as being a bird. And, and they don't even know, if they don't think they're a male or a female bird. They're not sure, and so then they made up all these new pronouns to go with whatever their new identity was. And, and it's not a joke to them. It was a joke to me. I was like, this is unbelievable to me. But we've gotten to this place. Where are the people in that person's life that will speak truth to them? Where's the church? Where's the church in their community that will say something like, man, I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what brokenness is in your life, but God has healing for you. God wants to step into your story and show you real love and acceptance. And so you don't have to make up all these things to make yourself feel okay because God already thinks you're okay. And he already loves you and he sees you. And all of those things, who's saying that? But we see it and we just kind of back off and go, well, that's not really any of my business. Well, maybe it's time that we make it our business. Maybe it's time that we step in and, and speak truth with love. Maybe we need to understand that this idea of freedom that, that looks like be whatever you want, live your truth, all of those things, it's such a lie and it's actually binding a generation. What looks like freedom to them is actually chains being wrapped around them. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 45, it says this. I will live in perfect freedom because I try to obey your teachings. So the psalmist tells us that perfect freedom comes from obedience. See, we, again, we like the book. We like to read specific parts of the book. We love the promises in the book. But there's commands that are also in the book that we are expected to obey. And as we look at this, the psalmist says, hey, you know what? That's where I find my perfect freedom is in obedience. Obedience can be a challenge, especially when we feel tempted to believe uh, that, we will, that we'll lose something if we obey. However, obeying God is essential to pleasing him, not just in times of temptation, but in all times. When God commands us to obey him, he is giving us a principle by which to live. He is also setting a framework around our lives that forms a hedge of protection from evil. So he asks us to submit ourselves to him. And then whatever happens to us, we can say, God, I'm trusting you. Because I'm, I'm doing my very best to be obedient 
to what your word says. So if, if something bad happens, then I'm going to know, hey, I was, I was obedient. So God, you've got this. I'm trusting you because I'm doing what you've asked me to do. And out of that, I lost a friendship. Or out of that, uh, my family won't talk to me. Or out of that, I, I lost my job or whatever it is. But I'm going to stand on truth because you told me to. And as I'm standing on truth and things begin to, even if they begin to unravel, you need to go, but God, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. So in my obedience, I'm placing my future in your hands. And I know that you can do more than I could ever do. And that's called faith. That's called believing him. That's called taking him at his word. That's called understanding that God has big plans for you and he wants to do incredible things, but they only will happen when we come to this place of submission and obedience. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the ends of the age. I wanted to, I wanted to read that verse because I think it's important as we look at, in Matthew chapter 28, this is how it ends. This is how Matthew ends his book. It's Jesus, this is his last words that he's saying. And he doesn't just say, hey, guys, we had a good run. You have freedom. Go and do whatever you want. No, he says, listen, uh, uh, things are going to change, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to go, and you're going to baptize people, and you're going to go, and you're going to win them to, to me. You're going to tell them about me. But at the end of that, the very last command that he gives before he sends into heaven is teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. How many of you know when it's going to be your last thing that you're going to say? probably an important thing. It's something that, that you know is going to be documented. So Jesus says, listen, obedience is key. We've got to understand that freedom is not found in living for ourselves and satisfying our own needs and our own desires, but true freedom is found in obeying the will of our Father. It's amazing because what we, what we, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, but we actually find freedom in surrender. Like if you think about like a war movie or whatever and somebody surrenders, it means probably now they're going to be locked down, they're going to be tortured, they may even be killed. But in, in the way God sees things is, is you will find freedom in your surrender. Why? Because now I'm putting myself, my, my life in the hands of the one who created me. And I'm surrendering to his will. And I'm saying, God, I trust you with my life. And I need you to step into my story. And I need you to show me what you have for me and the way you want me to live. The Bible clearly commands believers to surrender to God, to obey his word, and to submit to his will. While surrender is not natural or easy, a believer truly experiences freedom to live when they surrender themselves to God. And can I tell you that, again, I'll say this a lot in here, but Jesus so often would show us by doing. So as we look at this on the cross, Jesus exemplifies this, this total surrender. By his resurrection from the grave and his exaltation into heaven, he illustrates the blessing that is inevitable for somebody when they obediently surrender. So look at this. We see it in Philippians chapter uh, 2, starting in verse 5. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. 
Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus doesn't just say obey. He shows obey. See, I don't know what God's asking you. I don't know what, what you're finding in your quiet time with him and what you're struggling with in your obedience, whether it is that you're struggling with a past addiction, whether you're struggling with, with um, trusting him with your finances, whether it's that you're trusting him with your family and your time or whatever, whatever the thing is that you're struggling with. Can I tell you that Jesus shows us and what he was asked of was to, to go and, and die a horrific death. And Jesus did it, why? To prove to us that in obedience, there's exaltation. When we choose to obey, God is the one that exalts us. God is the one that will bring blessing. God is the one who will bring order into your life. God is the one. But so oftentimes, we don't want to obey because we want to figure it out ourselves. We want to walk this thing out and be the one that's always in charge. And, and you can do that, but you will only be, you'll only get as far as you're able to get on your own. But if you put your hope and your trust in him and you say, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to trust, then now all of a sudden, all of the, all of the heavy lifting is on him. Surrender means to yield voluntarily to the authority of another. For a Christian, ultimate authority lies with God. And scripture teaches believers to surrender to God's way. And the word of God should supersede any authorities in a believer's life. God's word, we talked about this last week, reveals his nature, his work, his plans. It's important. So we need to come to a place where we, where we submit ourselves. We talked about this being foundational. It's so important that we come to that place where we obey it, we surrender to his will, which is in this book. And out of that, then we, we, we get to have all the benefits of being a child of the Most High King. Now, I was thinking about this this week, that... If I was to get onto a Facebook marketplace and decide, hey, I want to buy a car, and I, I get on there, I find a car that I like, it's an older car, but it's one that I think would be a good one for our family, so I go and I, I, I meet the person, and they say, hey, if you want to take it for a test drive, you absolutely can, and they throw me the keys, and I get into the car, and I put the keys on the passenger seat, and I sit in there for a few minutes, and I put my hand on the wheel, and I, I do this. And then I get out, and, and they're like, do you want the car? And I'm like, yeah, that thing doesn't go anywhere, man. That thing doesn't drive. Uh, and then they're like, what, what do you mean it doesn't drive? I'm like, it just doesn't work. So I get on to Marketplace, and I give the guy a bad review. He's trying to sell a lemon to me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, that's not fair. Because the key is over here, and you got to put the key in the ignition, Right? But we need to understand the key to our faith is surrender. The key to our faith is surrendering to God's will. And so some of us live out our faith journey and we're like, yeah, I don't know if this thing's even really working for me. Well, the key's in the passenger seat, so no, it's not working. You gotta surrender. That's the key. 
you got to come to a place where you say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to understand that you are good and that you are my authority in my life. And so to surrender to authority of God's word leads the believer to a, to a challenge of submitting their own will to God's will. Complete trust in God demands that we relinquish all of our rights to direct our own life. That's a tough one, and I get it. Like, you sit in the room, and you're like, what does that even mean? How do you even do that? But the reality is, is for many of us, we don't know how to do that because we don't ever actually really ask God. We don't actually spend time in prayer. We don't spend time listening. We don't even spend time in his word. So we're like, well, I don't really hear God talking to me. Well, you're not giving him any opportunity to talk to you. Because I will tell you this, I know that I know that I know that he will speak to you if you let him. If you'll make space for him, he will speak to you. He will guide and direct you because his word tells us he will. By surrendering to God's will, we affirm that our heavenly father knows what's best for us. Personal aspirations become secondary to God's divine plan. Scripture exhorts believers to surrender all to the Lord. Listen to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. I'm going to have the worship team come, and they're going to get ready to lead us in a little bit more worship. But I, I wanted to end with that verse because I think it's so important for us to understand that what Jesus is calling us to isn't going to always be easy. And as we're in this series and we're talking about, about standing up and, and exposing lies and, and being truthful, even when, even when it, it's not convenient, even when we have worries or doubts or fears of what society might do or how culture might push back on us, what we need to understand is Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, you know what? Uh, if you want to, it's going to be fun. Just come and follow me. No, he said, he said, actually, pick up your cross. Pick up your instrument of death and follow me. This doesn't sound like a parade that we're going on, people. We're actually going to a place where what we want dies. What, what's convenient for us is no longer applicable. What makes us, gives us the warm fuzzies doesn't really matter anymore because we're picking up this cross and we're saying, hey, I'm gonna follow Jesus and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill my will. I'm gonna kill what, what's important to me. And because of that, I'm gonna put all my hope and my trust in Jesus Christ and by doing that, I'm going to be obedient. And that means that there are times when, when culture says, says that I should just keep my mouth shut and not speak up. But his word says, be a light in the darkness. A light shines in the darkness. A light doesn't hide. A light doesn't turn off. I was thinking about this this last week. The, the reality is, is, He's already told us who we are. He's told us that we are to be the light. So if it's getting darker, what's the problem? It's that the light isn't shining when it should. And I get it because I'm, I'm hesitant at times as well where I'm like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna cause waves and I don't wanna make a fight and I don't wanna, I don't wanna offend anybody. But if I'm being real, that time has passed. We've lived there for too long, and because of that, we've given 
so much to this culture. We've allowed this culture to take so much ground. And it's time for us to be obedient and to stand. It's time for us to trust Him. The amazing thing is, is I'm watching some of these people that I, that I pay attention to. And there's a pastor that's in Washington State. And, and he is unapologetically standing up. And a lot of people would go, oh man, that's going to really hurt your... T-. He's, they're exploding. Because people want to hear truth. They're tired of just being fed lie after lie after lie and being forced to, to pretend they believe it, whether they do or not. Last week we talked about His Word. We said, hey, this is foundational. Today we're talking about obedience. We're talking about this lie of freedom that says freedom is live however you want. And I'm telling you, that's not what the book says. That's what the enemy says. Because he wants a watered down, wussy Christianity. Because he can deal with that. But if the church begins to be obedient and stand and speak truth, he knows he already lost. So why don't we start walking in the victory that we already have? Why don't we start standing on the truth that he's already said? And why don't we watch what God does when we actually trust him? I want to pray. If you need prayer, the prayer teams will be down here. They're more than happy to pray with you. But I just, I really would like, I feel like there's some of us that have been in the church for a long time. And we've just allowed ourselves to kind of slip into this mode. And my prayer for this weekend is that that you'll hear this word and you'll go, you know what, that's where I've been. But I'm not there anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my trust in him. And I'm going to speak truth. And I'm going to walk in that truth. And I'm going to understand that truth is actually love. Truth is not evil. Truth, truth is, not, is not hurtful. Truth is loving somebody enough to say, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous that you think you're a bird, but Jesus loves you, and he's got plans for you, and I'm sorry that you've fallen for that, but, but God, God's got, God can step into your story and bring healing to whatever's going on in your life. Amen? God, I thank you so much that we have real freedom, and that you haven't given us freedom so that we can just do whatever we want, but God, you said that our freedom is here so that we can go and help other people, which I've got to believe that, that a lot of that is through our freedom, we can show others what freedom looks like. God, your word also teaches that it's through our obedience that we find true freedom. So Lord, help us to lean in to your word. Help us to understand that you're calling your church to stand up, to be real, to be people who don't just read your word, but we believe it so much so that it pours out of us when we're in conversation and when we're in this world. That God, you're calling us not to live in this world, but to change this world. We just praise you for that, God, and we give you all the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we sing? Thanks for listening. 
River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.